0: This morning, we're going to look at lessons from the pit, lessons from Potiphar's house, and lessons from the prison. So let's look at some lessons from the life of Joseph. First, we're going to look at lessons from the pit, lessons from the pit. Remember what's happened in Genesis 37, that Joseph has, God has given Joseph dreams, which are actually visions of the future. Now, God doesn't speak to us that way anymore. The last person that God spoke to in a dream was, Potiphar's, was Pilate's wife when she told Pilate not to have anything to do with that man. That probably would have been good for Pilate to heed, amen? But that's the last time. Since the resurrection of Christ, God doesn't speak to us in dreams. He speaks to us through his word. Isn't that a blessing? How many of you ever had a dream that wasn't good? Laura had a dream that I was doing stuff I wasn't supposed to on a trip. So she said, I almost killed you in the middle of the night. (laughs) I'm glad the gun was on my side. That's all I can say. How many of you have ever had a dream that seemed so real? I remember one time I had a dream, and this will tell you how old I am. How many of you remember mini bikes? Or not mini skirts, guys, mini bikes. How many of you remember mini bikes? Right? I dreamed that I had gotten a mini bike, and I got up the next morning and went out into the garage to get on it and ride it. There was no mini bike, there it was a dream. We can have dreams that seem very, very, very real, um, but they're not. They're not. God doesn't speak to us in dreams anymore. He speaks to us through his word. But in the Old Testament, he did speak to prophets in dreams. And he spoke to his prophet Joseph as a young man. He's only 17 years old. And God revealed to him what was going to happen in the future. But Joseph wasn't always real wise in the way he expressed those dreams to others. And he told his brothers who already resented him. And so they decided to kill him. They decided to kill him. And so they took him and they cast him into a pit. So here are some lessons from the pit. Letter A, Joseph was protected in the pit. He was protected in the pit. Do you know that God had a plan for Joseph? By the time we get back all the way to the end of the book of Genesis, the Bible says that through Joseph, he was able to save many men alive. His plan was to save the nation of Israel through Joseph. So God had a plan. So even though he was in the pit, and even though his brothers wanted to kill him, he was just as safe in the pit... As he would have been in the palace. God protected him in the pit. Some of you might be in a pit right now. Might have been in a, You might be right now at the lowest point in your life that you could have ever thought you would be. Can I promise you something? You have God's protection in that pit. Pastor Nathan was talking about David to me the joy. Of my salvation. Sometimes when you're in the pit. Man you do not experience that joy. And of course we learned when we studied the book of Philippians. That joy is the deep and abiding confidence. That regardless of one's circumstances in life. All is well. Between the believer and their Lord. So let me ask you this morning. Is all well. Between you. And your Lord. I wonder. Is all well between you and your wife is all well between you and your husband. Children, is all well between you and your parents. You can't have joy and bitterness at the same time. You know, it's like light and darkness can't inhabit the same place. Right? You know that joy and bitterness can't inhabit the same place. It's hard to be bitter and happy at the same time and to have joy. Joseph was protected in the pit. But secondly, Joseph was preaching in the pit do you think he knew that no no i remember when riley died um, brother sexton preached the funeral and man there were a thousand people at the funeral all the people from circuit city where i was working all the people that worked with laura were there the entire college was there and many people from the church And brother sexton's message was that riley that was our son's name riley was a missionary and he he told us the things that Riley had taught us and man it was so helpful and so comforting do you know that Joseph taught us some things in the pit that he didn't know he was teaching what are some things that we see what did he preach from the pit look at genesis chapter 37 genesis chapter 37 and verse 22 and Reuben said unto them shed no blood but cast him into that pit into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he, we, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So Reuben was hoping to, to save him, but he said, put him in the pit. Verse 23, And it came to pass when Joseph was come into his brethren, come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. What did they do to Jesus Christ when they crucified him? They parted his garments and divided them and cast lots for his garments. And they exposed his shame. Joseph went into the pit naked as Jesus Christ hung on the cross uncovered. Here's a picture of Jesus Christ about what was going to happen. Remember, the pit is always a picture of death. The pit is the picture of death. And Jesus Christ entered into death for us. Joseph represents that. He's preaching that. And he didn't know that he was preaching that. Then look at the verse again. Let's continue. Verse 24 And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. There was no water in that pit. And remember Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, he said, I thirst. And they wouldn't give him any water. All they gave him was, was vinegar mingled with gall. Joseph in the pit is preaching about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he didn't know it. He didn't know it, but he was preaching from the pit. So no clothes, no water. Look at verse 25. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. Egypt is always a type of the world. Jesus Christ, when he died, remember when he was born, they brought him gold, frankincense and myrrh, gold for his kingship. Frankincense for his priesthood as an incense and myrrh for his death, and when they came to bring to to come and, and to treat his body to prepare his body for burial after his death, they brought myrrh myrrh was a bitter spice, and here you have even in the the this life of Joseph myrrh death and the burial of Jesus Christ he was preaching he was preaching but when you preach the death, and burial of, uh, the death and burial of Jesus Christ, what else do you have to preach? The resurrection. Let's read on. Look at what it says. Verse 25, And they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brethren and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites." And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. And they passed, and there passed by Midianites, merchantmen. And they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And And they brought Joseph into Egypt. Remember how Jesus Christ was sold. Here, Joseph doesn't know it, but he's preaching. Joseph is sold by Judah. You know that Judas is the same name as Judah? He's sold by Judah. But he sold for 20 pieces of silver, not for 30 pieces of silver. What was 20 pieces of silver? 20 pieces of silver was the price of a young slave. He was a boy. Jesus Christ, fully grown. Do you know what his price was? It was the price of a a slain slave. It's an amazing picture, the truth of Jesus Christ. He was preaching. He didn't know it. But he was preaching from the pit. I like this one. Look at what it says. Verse 29, and Reuben returned unto the pit and behold, Joseph was not in the pit and he rent his clothes. Remember when they came to the tomb to find Jesus and he wasn't in the tomb. He's not here. He's risen. And what did they do? They weren't excited that he was risen. They were sad because someone had come and taken his body. They didn't know that God had a plan and that God was working. Amen. Joseph didn't know it, but he was preaching from the pit. And I want you to see something that, that this really is moving to me. Look at what it says in verse 32. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, This we found, this have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. So here is Jacob being deceived By his son's clothing, just the way that Jacob deceived Isaac with his brother's clothing. Preaching from the pit. Look at this. In verse 33, And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. Now look at this. This is so interesting to me. Remember in the Bible... After Bethel, when Joseph met Christ, whenever you see or when Jacob met Christ, whenever you see his name represented as Jacob, he's in the flesh. When he is represented as Israel, he's representing the purpose for which God had called him. And so here he is. He doesn't have faith that God was going to use Joseph. God had promised him that he was going to be make a great nation from Joseph. God had promised him, he had told him that all of the brethren would bow down to him. And he didn't have faith. So here he is thinking that his son is dead. But remember how Israel, the Bible says, look at chapter 37 and look at verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his brethren because he was the son of his old age. So here you have the ancient father with his beloved son representing God the father there as Israel. Now I want you to see something. Another way that Joseph preached from the pit. Verse 35, and all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, for he said, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Remember when Jesus Christ died on the cross? He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he yielded up the ghost, the Bible says. He said, it is finished. And what happened? The son refused to shine and the earth shook and the veil was rent in two from the top to the bottom in the temple can you imagine even though God in perfect knowledge God the Father knew what was happening the sorrow that God the Father felt at the death of his son you see Joseph was preaching from the pit I wonder now here let me tell you something this right here I've promised I'd tell you when we come across things like this as often as I can remember it. I'm not the one to preach this to you. I want to be. What does your life say when you're in the pit? What is your demeanor when you're in the pit? We watched last night, um, and the kids, and me. We watched a Tim Hawkins video, the Christian comedian. And he was talking about lazy, being lazy. And you put the gas pump in. And you know when you put the gas pump in and, you know, the little hook that you hold it with? How many of you have ever been pumping your gas and that didn't work? And he said, listen, I've got to hold it. <laughs> I wanted to sit in the car. He's all mad because he's got to hold the pump. Isn't that hilarious? And you know, when he was saying that, you know what I was thinking? That's exactly what I do when I got to hold the pump. Now, how hard is it to hold the thing? And you get so mad. How about this? You know, uh, this is one that really gets me mad. When the remote, the battery's dead in the remote. You mean I've got to get up? Right? I get all frustrated? Now, okay. Now let's see. Anybody with me so far? Are you with me? Now, that stuff's silly, right? What about when life really goes bad? When you are really in the pit. When your life is not where you believed it would be. How about this? For Joseph, his life wasn't where God told him it would be. God has him sitting on the throne. God has told him everyone's going to bow down to him. His life is not where it is supposed to be in human standards. But he still preached the truth. through his life. What does your life say? What does my life say? Do you know what my life says a lot of times when I'm in a bad situation? You know what my life says? There's a lot of anger in the world. (laughs) What, What does your life say? Do you have peace when you're going through struggle? Are you exhibiting joy? When God leads you into that pit, he preached from the pit. Do You know that you preach from the pit too? But do you preach? Do I preach the truth of the faithfulness of God? Or do I preach that God is dead? Man, that's rough, isn't it? All right, let's get to some fun stuff. So that's lessons from the pit. What about lessons from Potiphar's house? Lessons from Potiphar's house. Look at chapter 39. Remember what happens? He gets sold into slavery. He gets taken down to Egypt. The captain of the king's guard, the captain of the the, the Pharaoh's guard, buys him, Potiphar, and he brings him into his house. Chapter 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites. Which had brought him down thither. Now, I gotta tell you, I don't wanna be a slave. Any of you wanna be a slave? I do not wanna be a slave. One of the things that we learned about all through this trip, and I can't wait to share some of it with you, is liberty. So much more about liberty and how we love liberty and how our descendants have died, or how our ancestors have died for liberty. But now, verse two. Lessons from Potiphar's house. And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Did you know the Lord's with you right now? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you are in your life, the Lord is with you right now. How many of you, that's a lesson you need to remember right now? Man, man, that is good stuff. Then, letter B, another lesson. Verse verse 2 again. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Now, how many of you think that Joseph got paid a lot as a slave for Potiphar? He was a prosperous man. We need to learn to count our blessings. Where's your prosperity? Keep your place in Genesis. Go to Revelation. Revelation, chapter 2. Lessons from the pit. Lessons from Potiphar's house. Lessons from the life of Joseph so far. Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 8. None to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive. Jesus is the only one that can say that, amen? Alive forevermore. Uh, You say, well, Lazarus Lazarus had to die again. Look at verse 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich but thou art rich. You see, these were poor people. They were so poor and they lived in such persecution that God has nothing bad to say about them. They just stayed faithful. All He has to say is good about the church at Smyrna. But look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not, That thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, we need to learn God's economy. We need to learn to count our blessings. That the wealth that God gives, the prosperity of God has nothing to do with your bank account. Amen? Man, I couldn't wait to get home and see my kids. I was gone this week. I missed them so bad. I couldn't wait to get home. That's better than the house. That's better than the car. Amen? Well, what about everything that God brings to you? Just the blessing of it. The blessing of it. You're rich. He was a prosperous man. Did you know that you're rich if you have... Is there anybody here that has Jesus Christ? You know that you have Jesus Christ? You're rich. You're rich. Look at... Look at so, so here, our lesson from him, lesson from Potiphar's house, is count your blessings, and then be rich. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Be rich. I don't mean go play the lottery. You know the lottery? I like what somebody said the lottery is a tax on the stupid. That's funny, man. Ephesians chapter 3. And look what it says. Verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints... Why did Paul believe that he was the less than the least of all saints? Because he had killed Christians. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, demons, principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Do you know how rich you are? Angels want what you have. Principalities and powers want what you have. If only you'll live in it, and you'll rejoice in it, you'll exalt in it. I hope that you're happy this morning. How many Is there anybody here that's saved today? Are you saved? You have the opportunity to see your kids grow up in the Lord and live a life of fullness and prosperity and joy. I'm glad my kids don't have to, to delve into the darkness of the world. They can be rescued from that. Is there anything better than that? We can have the joy of knowing one another, of loving one another. Man, I had such a good time with Ed and with Bob. With Pastor Nathan And we had such a good time The guys on the trip Say that Pastor Nathan Looks like Marv from Home Alone And so they called him Marv or Snakes all week That's what they were calling him Man, we had so much fun These, these, these guys I, I told the, the the guys that there were two buses There was a spiritual bus And then there was our bus And on the other bus were some guys that honestly, they, they don't know what the joy of the Lord is. I'm not kidding. Imagine this. There were some guys laughing and had a good time. So one of the guys said, We need to keep the seriousness of the moment. And he would start reading the Bible out loud for an hour, hour and a half at a time so people wouldn't laugh. On our bus, if you listen closely, you are bound to hear from one of the preachers, so's your mom. <laughs> you know? The... We had so much fun. It was unbelievable, man. These guys were so mean and ruthless, and it was so funny. But also on the bus were the most unbelievable conversations about the Word of God. Unbelievable truth. It was a time when brothers in Christ, many of them... Now, we're not struggling in our ministry, but some of my friends are. And, men, they're, they're burdened. They have kids they might be having trouble with or church members that they're just really struggling with. And and to be able to bear one another's burdens and see that. To watch these men just just weep at the grave of some old preacher when you realize what they went through And how our light affliction is but for a little while. Bob, did you feel rich this week? Oh man, I did too. Ed, it was unbelievable. Pastor Nathan, it was unbelievable. The the joy that was there. You know that we ought to have and can and often do have that same joy Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Awana. So many things. I can't tell you how many times I've walked down the hall during Awana and watched workers just laughing their heads off. Now, sometimes I see them about to explode also, (laughs) right? But you know how rich that is? How fulfilling it is? Is there anything better than seeing a kid? Maybe it's a, it's a, a child that doesn't come from a Christian home. And they're reading Scripture. They're quoting Scripture to you, and they understand it. How rich are you? How rich are you? God is so good to us. Be rich. Count your blessings. And be rich. Lessons from the pit. Lessons from Potiphar's house. Then, under Potiphar, his prosperity was evident to Potiphar. Let's go back to Genesis 37. Genesis chapter 37. I'm sorry, 39. Verse 3. And his master saw... Now, now look at that. His master. How many of you have a boss? Anybody? You have a boss. Now, how many of you have a boss... Not that you don't necessarily, not necessarily that you don't like, but that isn't always the easiest person to work for. Would you raise your hand? Pastor Nathan, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Any of you? Right? He is not your master. Quit. Right? Could, Could Joseph have quit? No. Now look at what it says. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. How about that? His prosperity, this wealth that Joseph understood that he had was evident to other people. I wonder if your wealth in the Lord, I wonder if my wealth in the Lord is evident to other people. Uh, Dalton told me one time he was here preaching, and I was happy that day because I didn't have the stress of preaching and I was, you know, it was good. He told me, he said, you are the most uptight preacher I've ever seen. I said, man, you ought to see me on one of my stressed out days. But I'm not supposed to be like that. My, That's easy for you to say. My... <laughs> <laughs> okay we need to have a church meeting we're gonna church <laughs> kathy stillwell I, I'll, I'll tell you what if anybody if anybody could exhibit a bad attitude by human standards it's kathy it, now i'm not gonna be flipping about this that don't think but this is so important that everyone know because i don't think you do kathy how many children have you buried she's buried two of her children She's had cancer several times. She has cancer right now. Well, look, when you see Kathy, how many of you just see somebody that's happy? Yeah. So when she says amen, she's right. I'm sorry, God. (laughs) (laughs) So look, that's. That's our prosperity. Our riches in the Lord ought to be evident to, evident to everybody. And here's the thought that I have. There's, a, there's an old gospel song that says, if your heart is fe- happy, l- tell it to your face. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? You know, I'm happy, see? <laughs> <laughs> you know, your prosperity should be evident to others. But the reason our prosperity isn't evident to others is because they're often and this is I'm testifying right now, not preaching. I'm testifying often. My problems are bigger to to me than my blessings. Which is ridiculous. It's wrong. So his prosperity was evident. And so lessons from Potiphar's house, my riches, my prosperity in Christ needs to be evident to those around me. And so. Your boss ought to realize that he is prosperous because he has you working for him. Wow. Praise God. All right, so now, here we go. Now, lessons from the prison. Lessons from the prison. So here's what happened. Remember what happens? He's accused. Potiphar's wife comes after him. He won't go with her, so she accuses him of trying to force her. So he gets put in prison. Now, here's the deal. Potiphar didn't believe her. Potiphar was the captain of the the king's guard. He was in charge of executions. If he had believed that Joseph had attacked his wife, he would have put him to death. Just the way it is. But it's his house. He had to keep his honor. Puts him in prison. So now he's in prison. And here we are again. What do you do when God's doing the steps of a good man are ordered into the prison? What do you do then? Well, the first thing you do is you remember what he remembered, what he understood. Look at what it says. Verse 20, and jo- still in chapter 39 And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was in the prison, but the Lord was with him. You know the first thing to remember? You know this, the lesson from the prison? The Lord's with you. All through, four times in two chapters, the Bible says the Lord was with him, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was do you think maybe God wants us to know the Lord was with Joseph? Yeah, so was he poor or was he rich? He was rich. So the first thing that the first lesson from the prison is the Lord's with you. the second lesson from the prison, look at verse 22: 21 but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. I don't know about you, but being in the prison doesn't seem like mercy to me. It's because we don't understand what God's doing. You know that God is merciful to you all the time. His mercies are new every day, every morning. Isn't that a blessing? Wherever you are, you are under the mercy of God. Praise His name. Okay, now, so the Lord was with him. There was mercy in the prison. But then look at what happens. God gave him favor in the sight of the keeper. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Do you know what you need to pray for? Here's a lesson from the pit, a lesson from the prison. Here's a lesson from the prison. Pray that God will give you favor with your employer. Pray that God will give you favor with your employer. Pray for that. That's a good thing, isn't it? The Bible says that if you exalt yourself, you'll be abased. But if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. So pray that God will lift you up. Stop trying to do it yourself. Don't you know who I am? I know more about this place than anybody else here. Nobody works like I do. I know no one here has ever said those things. This is funny. (laughs) How many of you here... Maybe not with that vocal inflection. But how many of you have ever said or thought the things that I just said? Some of you are lying. (laughs) Now look, God will give us favor. That's the gift of God. God did that for Joseph. That's a lesson from the prison. That it's God that gives us favor with people. Not us. Um, Look at verse, chapter 40. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh, and I always think that, you know, his muffins didn't rise or something. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued to season and work. Now, imagine this. Not only is he a servant who's been put in prison, now he's got to be a slave of prisoners. How about that? How does he rise, though? He rises. This this is probably one of the most important lessons that I see in a practical way from the prison. He rose by serving. He rose by serving. Uh, Just like he did in Potiphar's house. He rose by serving. He rises to the top in the company of men, but he never demands it or expects it. Never do you have Joseph asking to be elevated. He asked them to remember him when they go to the Pharaoh. Don't forget that I'm in here. But he never asked to be elevated. How, did he, how was he elevated? By serving. By serving. He simply sets about to labor on behalf of others. In giving of himself, he's exalted. Let's look at a text and we'll be done. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Lessons from the prison. Proverbs chapter 18. This is God's plan. Look at verse 9. Proverbs 18, verse 9. He also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. Now, I've talked to some of you who work hard, and it drives you crazy how lazy some of the people you work with are. Amen? Amen. Look at the next verse. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth to it, runneth into it, and is safe. Do you see the context of that? How many of you work with people that you think aren't doing their job? Run to the Lord. Be righteous. Run to the Lord. Don't find your safety in your pride. Don't find your contentedness in complaining about the slothful. Run to the Lord. Now look at verse 11. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as an high wall in his own conceit. Isn't that interesting? Remember what Jesus said about the church at Laodicea? Because thou sayest, I am increased with with goods and have need of nothing, but knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and naked and blind? The rich in his conceit. Look at what it says. Verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is humility. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and a shame unto him. Imagine if Joseph. Now, here's Joseph. He's gone to the pit. He gets out of the pit. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He rises in Potiphar's house. He ends up in the prison. Imagine if he had said, this is it. If this is the way God wants to treat me, I'm done. How many of you think that would have been foolish? What was he doing? He he would have been answering a matter before it was settled. Do you know that you have no idea where God has you right now in your journey? You don't have any idea. So you know what you should say? The Lord gives. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Let's read on. Verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. What if Joseph had allowed his spirit to be wounded? You know how many of you when your spirit is wounded you know what i mean by that you're hurt how many of you respond this is a, I don't want to confuse you here when your spirit is wounded it is hard to respond properly right what's going to sustain you your spirit but my spirit my spirit is weak The Holy Spirit is strong. If I have the Holy Spirit in me and I respond in the Spirit, I can stand. But man, if my spirit is wounded, if my spirit is hurt, I'm not going to be able to bear the trouble. Let's read on. Verse 15. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. You know, this was written long after the life of Joseph. But what did Joseph do? Joseph made a gift of his life. He made a gift of himself in Potiphar's house. He made a gift of himself in the prison. And God elevated him to the place of great men. Do you know that's one of the hardest things for us to learn is that we rise by serving. We don't rise by putting ourselves before other people. We rise by putting others before us. That is God's economy. Isn't it amazing how the world system is completely backwards of what God wants us to do? You live by dying. That's what the Bible says. You live by dying. You die to self. You live by putting other you you rise through humility. You're exalted through humility. You rise through service. That's God's plan. That's the lesson from the prison. Go to work tomorrow and serve somebody. Go home and serve somebody. Look down the aisle and serve somebody. And God will lift you up. Man, lessons from the prison. What does the Bible say about Jesus? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and took upon him the likeness of sinful men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross he humbled himself wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. You understand that's God's recipe? You're humbled before you're exalted. and The Bible says, let this mind be in you. Isn't it interesting that even before Christ, Joseph had that mind? And that's why we have lessons from the pit, lessons from Potiphar's house, and lessons from the prison. How many of you Have learned a lesson today. Yeah, me too. Me too. I want to live the lesson, though. I don't want to just learn it. I want to live it. Amen? How many of you are rich today? You're rich. Man, just be rich. If you're born again, you're rich. If you're lost, you're poor. Amen? I want to give you the riches of Christ. I want to preach unto you the riches of Christ, like Paul said. All right, let's all stand together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word.